You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Welcome, everybody, to another episode of the Jersey Boys Podcast here on the Blogging the Boys Podcast Network, powered by SB Nation, your host, Dave Sturgio, America's fan, Keith Ernst, and of course, nationally known comedian on tour right now, Brett Ernst, who is currently, where are you at? San Antonio, right? I'm in San Antonio. I'm trying to get better reception here. I'm now at the window, so hopefully this works. Does it sound better? <laughs> it sounds great. All right, good. Why is it like the nicer hotels you stay at, the worst the Wi-Fi is usually? <laughs> You know why? I'll tell you why. Because if you're at a crappy hotel, nobody are business people and nobody's online. When you're at a good hotel, <laughs> yeah. it's packed with like regular business people. And, and they're all hogging the yeah. yeah, they're all hogging the thing. And one one jerk off that's that's a comic trying to do a podcast. <laughs> well, that makes sense. Now it all makes sense. So yeah. I hope you guys are doing well. Uh, another week of Dallas Cowboys offseason. Now we have really hit that time of the year where we're just like grasping at straws and trying to figure out what's what. OTAs come and go. Mini camps are set off. And then, you know, a lot of cool things happening in the news. Obviously, we're seeing a lot of highlights. And, you know, it, it's good to see these guys back in action. And there's been a lot of connections with – you know, Dak Prescott and CeeDee Lamb and Michael Gallup and everything looks really nice right now because everybody's healthy. So that's a good thing. But yeah. I got to I got to bring up this, guys. And I know this is going to kind of retro us because it'll go back to like Jersey Boys podcast episode one where we kind of introduce each other because there, there's a topic of conversation happening right now because Tyler Murray. All right. Star quarterback of the Arizona Cardinals was uh, sat down, did an interview. There was been audio that was leaked. Uh, but now that seems to be unattainable uh maybe rj finds it maybe he doesn't but he was telling me before we were trying to find the audio and you just can't find it anywhere but i'll pretty much give it to you guys in context the kid grew up in texas all right keep in mind he's 23 years old so he was born in 1998 all right so they asked him they asked you know, kyler wow. murray so yeah you guys call me little sturgeon and i got about Jeez. 13 years on this guy so th they asked him uh if it if he was a big cowboys fan if he followed the cowboys and he qu said and i quote they were ass the entire <laughs> the entire lifespan of Kyler Murray. They were ass, so therefore he does not want to follow the Cowboys. Hmm. First, your, your knee jerk reactions. First, I'll go with Brett. You heard this, obviously. How do you feel about Kyler Murray just just talking a little a little smack in the preseason? I agree with him. We were ass, <laughs> right? And and it didn't matter. We were kind of ass when I started liking us. That's on him. But uh, again, man, you know, this is my new tough love approach to this team. I'm not going to keep defending them, even though I did in private. But I mean, you know, what don't you agree with? I mean, you know what? He was happy we won a couple wild card games. <laughs> Keith? I, I, well, me, how I look at this is, you know, at one time, you guys know how much I liked Kyler Murray as a football player, like as a leader. Right. I don't look at him that way now. It's kind of right. It gives no, you a little bit of a he, he seems like no, he seems like he's not a leader. He's a bandwagoner. 
It's like a leader would take a team, a leader would take a team that you that that when you're a kid and, and your dad and everybody's telling you, you would take that team and say, okay, this is my team. I don't care if they're winning or losing. This is my team. All right, but but it, if- it doesn't sound like that with Kyler Murray to me. It sounds like, you know, he's not, you know, he's he. I mean, and saying that we're he said we were we were ass. Right. So it's like you know, okay. So, I mean, you know how many Brown fans? Well, that that they've been asked for the last what? How many? Yeah. Well, you and know, not, not no 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 Brown uh, pun intended there, but they have been asked. Right. <laughs> and, and, like, but, what are is his family? I mean, did he? Maybe he wasn't a Cowboys fan at all. Maybe maybe he's still a fan of the team that he was when he was younger. I mean, just I don't know. Just because he lived in Dallas area doesn't mean he should but, be a Cowboys so, fan. No, that's not true, bro. Giants. Because even if the Giants were winning Super Bowls when we were in Jersey, we'd still be Cowboy fans. That's what I'm trying to say. It wouldn't have mattered. Okay, but but oh, I'm saying is, what if that's not his family's team or his team that he grew up on? What if he had another team fair. that he's still a fan? Fair. No, and you fair. know what? He's not a leader. All he's I'm a follower. Is, he's a follower. All I'm saying he's is, a is follower. If he's okay. born in That's ninety-eight, Kyler Murray is. listen, he's a follower. Listen, if he's born in nineteen ninety-eight, okay, so that means you're probably not going to even grasp the concept of football until you're about, I don't know, I was like six, seven years Senior. old mm-hmm. when I started to get it. Seven, right? So, like, yeah. so even if, so now he's born in ninety-eight, so two thousand and five, he's grasping the Cowboys, and the Cowboys were just they were ass. I mean, it's, yeah, it's, for I mean, one year, we had some good years with Romo, bro. I, well, I'm, uh, yes, I, I, I'm fully on uh, He's a he's a follower, bro. He's not a leader. <laughs> okay, okay, and everything I said about the Arizona Cardinals, everything I said about the Arizona Cardinals in previous episodes that I think they can win a Super Bowl, it's not. There's no chance now. All there's right, none. retracted by Keith Ernst. <laughs> Absolutely none. I, I, uh, but, I, all right, bro. So what if he was a uh, what if he grew up a Houston Texans fan and he's still a Texans fan? Okay, I mean that makes a little more sense. But I but he was well, closer if, to Dallas, right? Wasn't he? I, I believe so. In the, okay. uh, the DFW we area. Up, we can see Giant Stadium from our <laughs> from our block, and we're not Giant fans or Dolphins. Yeah, but but, but bro, but bro, we are, the Cowboys are on TV. That's the difference. I mean, Giants games would be. I mean, Jets games would be blacked out. I mean, Cowboy fans were watching Cowboy games when you were a kid. The only reason he didn't like them is because we were not playing well. That's it. All right. Well, that's, that, that's that, not that's not a leader. Kyler Murray okay. is oh, – go ahead. Sorry, Brett. Go ahead. If, and just the last one, we'll end it on this. If uh, uh, if he was a Cowboys fan, stop being a Cowboys fan, I'm I'm in agreement with my brother. But just because he's in Texas doesn't make him a Cowboys fan. Just like we're not Giant fans, Jet fans, or Dolphin fans. And if he's been a fan of one team his whole career, then you got to give – then you can't say he's a follower. You just – maybe that was just an excuse for him. To give follower. it a little – to give so, it a little – no, this is what I'll say. Here's this is what I'll say. Okay, I I literally started watching the Dallas Cowboys in probably like 1983, 84. Okay, so I didn't really see an NFC Championship. I just start started watching them after the uh, Redskins walled us. Like, what is it, 44, 14, or some crazy score in the NFC Championship, whatever it was. But it doesn't matter. So I got like Danny White when Danny White was. When, when Tom Landry made the grave mistake of benching Danny White for Gary Hogaboom. So my years were a little bit of Danny White, Gary Hogaboom, Steve Pallor, Reggie Collier, Kevin Sweeney, all these quarterbacks, okay? And we were, as Kyler Murray would say, ass. <laughs> but you know what? I'm a leader. I'm a loyal kid. And I stuck with him. 
Kyler right. Murray, you no, are we'll none of those things. That's because you're they none were... of those things, Kyler Murray. Nothing. <laughs> well, we'll get. Right. We, we good, Brett? <laughs> Bro, there's somebody behind you. Who was that? <laughs> what? You got somebody in the room? You want? You want to know who that is? Come here. Put your head in there. Show my brother who it is. Is it a coast? Hey, put your face in. The clown. No, come on. You got to get right here. It's on my phone. It's Pat Espinar. It's Gator. Gator. Clown. <laughs> so he's a he's a huge cowboy fan. Well, yeah. there you go, a fourth Jersey boy. But another one. I'm making this that you you were always a Cowboys fan. I'm saying he may not have been a Cowboys fan and is still with the same team he was as a kid. First of all, all right, that's so, all I'm saying. And did, did he ever say what team he liked? He ever? No, nah, I didn't. I didn't read that. Exactly. Part of it. He's like, oh, I'm I'm just gonna I'm just gonna root for the team that's winning Super Bowls. That's what he was doing. That's, that's very, why he doesn't very, have a team. It's a very Follower. millennial thing. It's a very millennial thing to do is to just jump on the bandwagon. But he was probably I will a Bucks fan. He was a by the way, he's Patriot not a fan. Huh? He's a Zoomer. He's not a millennial. What's a Zoomer? Is that's new now? What's that? That's the twenty-three-year-olds, the Gen Zs. They're not uh, millennials. Who's pushing forty? Millennials. Oh, all right. Well, then I'm wrong. Then I got the then I got the time zones wrong. But anyway, to give to give the listeners some context. To give the listeners some context before you're all like questioning, like, why did he just say the Miami Dolphins? Just so you know, the Ernst boys were back and forth from Jersey to to, to Miami to Florida or wherever you were in Florida. But uh, yeah. just to give those people, because they're probably like, what is he even talking about with Miami yeah. in regards? But that does bring up uh, the, the, I guess, quote, question of the day. And this is a good thing because if people are just jumping on the Jersey boys podcast bandwagon, it's a good thing uh, for them to hear a little bit of the history as to why or how. We became cowboy fans and why we stuck it out because maybe we didn't have a choice in the matter, or maybe, you know, we just kind of jumped on. Uh, I, people are going to look at me like I was kind of like spoiled, but, but I'll start with you guys because mine's kind of obvious. Um, and, and my, and when I grew up, it was, it was very good. You know what I mean? Like I saw a lot of success, but I'll start with you, Keith. Yeah. Keith, okay. what, uh, what exactly threw you towards the Dallas Cowboys? You are younger than Brett. So, yes. So the, the, once again, they were always on TV. Um, although I caught that l a latter end of Drew Pearson's career, I really loved Drew Pearson. Um, but one thing I remember that really made me like fall in love with them is, and I knew and I was liking them, but I remember Brett coming home when we were living in an apartment uh, in, called the Fairways of Inverary, where Gator lived, the guy that's with him right now, actually. Uh, we were in Fairways of Inverary, and he came around the corner – and he was hysterically crying. And I remember going, dude, I was like, dude, what's the matter? He's like, man, we just, Cowboys just got their butts kicked by the Redskins. And when I saw how much he cared about the Cowboys, that kind of like legitimized me and my feeling towards him. And then I was like, you know what? This is, this is definitely my team. If it's not going to do that to my brother, this is my team. And that's pretty much why. You have some of your some of your earliest games that you can remember, like game. Absolutely, like there was a Tampa Bay remember. game. There was a Tampa Bay game. I remember regular season game that I think went to overtime. That one I I, I remember as far as like you know when I was like when I was really 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 like uh, I really wanted them to win. There's the game where the Cowboys um we were down on on Monday night. I think it was like twenty eight to three, and we ended up coming back and winning against the Redskins opening night. I remember that game. Um. There were, you know, and that was, I think, 1983. And that was one of the biggest comebacks we had. I remember that as a kid. So, I meant, you know, 
we uh, yeah of course there's earlier games but like i said we were not i mean look one of my, the worst memory i didn't see i actually did not see the dallas cowboys win a playoff game until we beat the chicago bears in in 1991 i didn't so i went that whole time without seeing it i mean we we lost we got shut out by the rams and that was it that's the only playoff game i saw them in so we didn't even make the playoffs that whole time Wow. So you're sticking through and through. So but like I said, unlike Kyler Murray, I'm a, I'm a, <laughs> I'm a leader, you know, I, I, I'm loyal. So yeah. I stayed, I stayed with the team, you know, that's good. Brett, my man, you're a little older than both of us. What I, I know the story. I need you to tell the story again, because it's, it's one of my favorite stories. Why are you a Dallas Cowboy fan? Had that all come about? Well, long story, boring. Uh, and I hope I don't break up cause you guys are breaking up for me. So no, um, you're good. Am I good? Okay. Yep, um, good. When I was a kid, you know, again, talking 79, 80, there was always, the Cowboys were always on TV and our real father was always rooting for them. So things happen. Our parents go their separate ways. And I figured, okay, that was his team. It'd be my team. So I studied them. You know, I would call him up. I'd be like, yo, we just drafted Jim Jeffcoat. He's like, that's great. Put your mother on. <laughs> so we'll get to laugh. When when we lost to the Niners on the catch, I called him up crying, and he's like, "Why are you crying?" I'm like, "Cause we lost." He's like, "What? We didn't lose." Tell me about the Cowboys. It's not my team. He was a Giant fan, um, and then I found out that he he used to gamble, so he would have <laughs> money on the games, and he was and I just thought because he was like, "Come on, we need the Cowboys." I didn't know he was betting. And I just put so much into the team, I stuck with them. And I've been a fan ever since. And then uh, Keith became a fan because I was a fan. And I, I agree. Listen, I don't care who you root for as long as you stick with that team. Exactly. But that's what I'm saying. We're assuming Kyler Murray is was a Cowboy fan and wasn't because they sucked. He but, but here's been my thing, bro. Here's my thing with that. Let's go back to that real quick. I get go what ahead. you're saying. But what he, what he, what he is trying to say, though, to me – is they were ass meaning okay That's fine then who is your team so that that makes it sound to me that he was just choosing teams as he was going he doesn't have one he was just choosing teams that were great yeah, at the time he's a quarterback in the nfl and we're not <laughs> hey you didn't see me in my flag football game this weekend bro <laughs> those guys just don't really they're not fans fanboys like us you know what i mean so no nah, no nah, he's done I'll be surprised if he ever wins a playoff game. I mean, look, not, not for nothing. Here's my theory about Kyler Murray right now with, with what he just said uh, over the, you know, I guess it was the weekend or, you know, a couple of days ago. You know, a lot of that video, like it's written in context now. And you can find it on Blogging the Boys. You can find it pretty much everywhere you read Cowboys-related uh, material, whether it be the Cowboys Wire or whatever. Wherever you get your Cowboys sources, this was a, a topical conversation because of this. However, the videos – are now no longer to be found. And I have a theory. It might might seem like a, not a conspiracy, but like a little bit of a far-fetched theory. I think that Kyler Murray realized that not only does he play us in the preseason, he also plays us in week 17 of an 18-week season where people are going to be killing each other for playoff spots and playoff implications down in uh, you know in, in Dallas. Uh I feel like he he wants to retract his statement 
or guys like Demarcus Lawrence and and Randy Gregory are going to be coming for him because you know those guys, you know those types of players. They like they oh. like that bulletin board material. You know they're going to use that stuff in a in a promo package when it come week seventeen. You know it. You just know it's going to happen. So, so you really you really, that there that Randy Gregory is going to get mad because a twenty three year old kid didn't root for a team that he wasn't even on when he was yeah. eight. You think that's it. that's gonna motivate? <laughs> no, listen, Sturge. I think I think it's the I think Sturge, it's the context no, no. saying this the is, Cowboys are no. always ass. It's horrible. Said. It's horrible. Listen, bro. Listen, this isn't the seventies. Okay, maybe when you had Harvey Martin in his fourteenth year, and a player came out and said the Cowboys were ass, and he's been on that team for fourteen years, maybe you'd have a point. But in the dawn of free agency, these players don't give a crap, bro. Come on, they don't right. care. All right, well, I get what you're trying to say that 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 they were, but he wasn't. That how how I took that comment is that they're not ass now. They were ass when he was growing up. <laughs> and do you think they care? They don't care. Those guys don't care about that, man. Now, I if they will... said they were ass now, if Kyler Murray was like, "Oh, they're ass now," that's a different story. That will get say... him amped up. Yeah, yeah. I, I will say I will say that the over the last six meetings, the Cardinals are five and one against the Dallas Cowboys. But the Cowboys are overall 50, 56 and 33 and one yeah, when it comes to that. that was when they were in our division uh, 20, 30, 40 years ago. <laughs> I mean, dude, listen, to stop doing this. When is the last okay, time we beat them then? That's so weird. I think it was Romo's year. I think it was Romo's year the last time we beat him. Um, the year he came in to, uh, for Bledsoe. And I'm not. I'm just going off the top of my head. I mean, that long ago, six. Yeah, it's been six. They've faced each other six times, and they've not duplicated any because they haven't been in the NFC. East I'm saying the last time we beat them is probably when Romo came in for Bledsoe that season. So that was what 2007. Uh, yeah, I'll have to double check that. And if that's the case, once again, you have proven that you think, have yeah. way too much going on in that dome of yours. But <laughs> as far as my as far as my uh, fanhood, you guys obviously, Brett, you know, obviously lynched on with his dad, who he had thought. Uh, the you know was a Cowboys fan turns out not the case, but that's good that he stuck with the team, and I'm glad that that passion and that drive carried over to Keith. Uh, for that reason, and what's up, Brett? Thank God, thank God, my our father was a degenerate gambler. <laughs> Keith would not be Cowboy fans, and we would not have this podcast today. But again, Sturchy, when are we going to start holding this team accountable? I mean, come on, man. Dallas, in, in their first 25 years as a franchise, made the playoffs 20 years in a row under Tom Landry. We were in three NFC Championship games. We went to five Super Bowls. And then we we blanked for about six years. And then we went, we went three out of four years. And that's it. Every Cowboy fan is still resting on some stuff that happened 30 20-something year, years ago. It's got to stop. And in Kyler Murray's defense, whatever. Whether you agree, whether you think that, you know, he's a bandwagon or not, the statement is still true. We were ass, and we're still ass. All right. And we need, we need to get it. We need to start holding every this team accountable. Yeah. I mean, look, you guys, uh, as far as Kyler and, Murray's. And every year, we, we, <laughs> we, we recruited, we drafted defense. All right, so Brett Brett is in the firm agreement that this is the year that the Cowboys break the break the schneid. I agree, but uh, I will say when I was growing up, uh, remember if you guys remember we talked about water break, uh, water break gate, 
which was the the night I was born, was the Redskin Monday Night Football game in 1985, and my mom's water broke on that night. Uh, my dad, my dad, either told her to wait till halftime or wait till the game was over for us to go to the hospital and actually have me. So that's been in my blood the entire time. My dad, <laughs> my literally, like not even, like, not even figuratively, literally been in my blood the entire time. But uh, my dad obviously wanted to go against the grain. He decided to be a cowboy fan. I became a cowboy fan because of my father as well. Um, but again, I didn't latch on, latch on, and know what the hell was going on until probably about 91, 92. And obviously, therefore, I'm kind of spoiled as a kid. You know, when I was going to grammar school, you guys know how it is. You go to grammar school every Monday. You were either a happy guy or you were a sad guy. But like back in those 90s days, it was easy for us to be Cowboys fans. 92, 93, 95 was was beautiful. You know, there was nothing there was nothing wrong with this team back then. Mm -hmm. I will say, though, you guys, uh, you know, you talk about some of your earliest moments. <laughs> as sad as this is, one of the earliest memories I have, it was the 92 Super Bowl. But it wasn't just a Super Bowl in specific. <laughs> it was Michael Jackson's halftime show. Which was the greatest halftime show ever. Right? There's nothing Prince to is second. About. He's first. Absolutely. That that <laughs> halftime show was amazing. Wait, you think Prince's halftime was better than Michael Jackson? No, I said Prince is second. Oh, Prince is second. Okay. So, yeah, Michael yeah, Jackson. Michael Jackson, dude. When he sits up there, he's on stage. And he doesn't say a word for almost four minutes. I know. And then he just moves his head. And then other Michael Jacksons start popping out of the freaking scoreboards. Are you kidding? It was, it was way amazing. beyond its time, man. Was, its he kind of launched halftime shows. Because if you look before that, they used to like have bands and tributes. Like after Michael Jackson had that big one, then they were like, okay, we got to do this every year. What was what was the Whitney Houston national anthem? Which one that was, was that one? Giants and Bills. Giants and Bills. Okay, because that one's like the greatest national. But that's the national anthem. anthem yeah. yeah, but like as far as halftime shows go, my mm -hmm. God. But yeah, I, I specifically remember that. I really, really remember. Uh, it's funny. Like I remember the '92 Super Bowl way more than I remember the '93 Super Bowl. As weird as that sounds, I mean, I've no, seen both. Huh? That doesn't sound weird because it's like that. That was like the first time you saw them, so it's like yeah, I guess when they went again, you were like, ah, it's not as exciting. You know what I mean? Because you just saw him. Right. So that's why that probably happened. That makes. But here's the thing, Starch. When the water broke, okay? <laughs> yeah. And you, he wanted to wait till the game was over. We, they didn't even, the, the game was over in the first quarter when I Joe Theismann threw Eisen his Eisen eighth interception <laughs> <laughs> in that game. But he's like, he's probably like, this is where I get it. Like the Cowboys can, I mean, I can't remember the last time the Cowboys had a game in hand, maybe the Jacksonville game a couple years back, but um, mm -hmm. there, there's been no games where we can just kind of walk away from the TV. Like they'll be fine. <laughs> they'll yeah, be fine. yeah. That doesn't happen anymore. Not but, rarely uh, once a year, probably. Yeah. Maybe my dad always says it every, every year, like we'll get the crap kicked out of us. And he's like, up. Oh, that's just their one time they get beat on national TV really bad. <laughs> like It happens yeah. once a year, you know? Actually, it's that true. Rams game, the Rams no. game we had them. But you know game. what's funny is that the 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 year the '92 Super Bowl, we were three and zero, and the Eagles were three and zero, and we played the Eagles on Monday night, and we got trashed, like your dad said. And then the following year, we opened up against the Redskins, and well, we got we trashed. Off, yeah, we started off zero and two, zero and two. Yeah, because that right? first game we got trashed. We got trashed. So that's a very good point by your dad. It's like that one. There's always a game where we do get our butts kicked, and it's like that might be a good thing. So we want that to happen every once. year. <laughs> Just, Just once. once. Brett, go. Uh, I was gonna say. Uh, so your mother was in labor, and your dad w wouldn't leave the. <laughs> he wouldn't leave the game. 
How do you like that? This is why I came out as, as genuine as I did. <laughs> this, is, this is why you got a little starch, man. This is exactly- little starch. Little starch came out. He was shaped like a star when he came out. <laughs> like like Patrick from SpongeBob. Yeah. Dude, no, little, little get out, and he's like, "What's the score?" His, yeah. what's Apparently, the- I came out. My head was like like as long as a friggin' something. Like it was like a football. So it kind of worked out that way too. Hey, this is Scott Galloway, author, professor, entrepreneur, and most importantly, host of the Prop G podcast. We got a special series running on right now called The Future of Work, where I answer all your questions on, surprise, The Future of Work. Questions including, what are we missing when we work remotely? Or how do we handle work-life balance when a major opportunity comes knocking? From the provocative to the technical, we're offering insights you won't want to miss. So tune in to The Future of Work, a Pod special sponsored by Canva. You can find it on the Pod wherever you get your podcasts. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Could you imagine the thoughts going through your mom's head like... She's breathing heavy, and your dad's like, "Hold on!" I just wait. Can you wait till halftime? I. Can you imagine? Oh my god! I wish I. I almost just said I wish I was there. I was technically, I was there, but um, you know, there's one game. Obviously, the 90, uh, 95 Super Bowl. I do recall a lot of because I remember asking, "Is Neil O'Donnell this bad all the time?" Like I remember asking, you know that play in particular, but I'll never forget. It's my first actual tears via the Cowboys. I remember this specifically is when the Steelers called the onside kick and recovered it. And that place went bananas and they thought the Steelers were about to make a run. And I just remember starting to cry. Like, cause I remember they, yeah. they panned over to Bill Cower. He's doing the let's go. And I'm just like, Oh my God, we're going to lose. <laughs> like I, that was my first like tears. And then I guess the next set of tears, Came every year after that. So. <laughs> Larry Brown. Larry Brown saved the day. Larry Brown. You he know, cashed in. Cashed in on that day, on that game with that contract with the Raiders. Uh, yeah. I just thought of something. Maybe I don't remember games because I was so traumatized with the catch. Because the catch is the game I remember the most. Okay, That's the and Dwight that, Clark catch, people, not the yeah. Des Bryant. Yeah. Yeah. The, the, <laughs> yeah, the Dwight Clark. And then the next year we lost to the Redskins, which was devastating to me. And then the only really two games I remember after that is the one when me and Keith were on inside the NFL in Giant Stadium when Ed Jones tipped it and Jim Jeffcoat caught it and ran it in. And that was the last year we won the NFC East and the NFC Championship game that me and Keith watched together. Other than that, I have no other recollections of any game. You know what's weird is like I, I remember I remember the bad seasons more than the good seasons. Like I can probably I can tell you our one in fifteen season. Like I remember all that, and it's like when we got really good, I still watched, but it was almost like you know, it was weird. There were so many cowboy fans funny, at the time. It's funny, but there were so it. many cowboy fans that that kind of annoyed me because nobody was around. Like there were none so, before. Do you remember you know? what 
that's the other thing, Little Sturge, when you were saying it was easy to be a Cowboy fan. I remember me and my brother, we were going to paraphernalia stores. You wouldn't see the Cowboys anywhere, man, mm -hmm. right? Once we started winning, you started seeing people with jackets on. And me and Keith were like, man, where the hell were these people the past six, six seven years, right? Yeah. But, but we couldn't get find anything on the Cowboys in any stores. Nothing. And there was no internet people where you could just go and search. Like if we, we might be able to find some kind of like brochure, not, not a, a pamphlet or, you know, what are they? Uh, um, the Bro, yeah, I know what you're talking about. Catalog. Like, yeah. Catalog. Thank you yeah. very much. So yeah. a catalog, you know, where you could find stuff in there and be like, there's, oh, but there's, that's there's, it. listen, there's kids listening to this podcast right now saying, what the hell is a catalog? <laughs> but, but what's funny is what Brett said. So my freshman year in high school, Brett senior year, we went one in 15. And I wore cowboy shirts every Monday when we lose. It didn't matter. And I would be arguing in the cafeteria with everyone saying that we were going to be great. Because our 1-15 in 15 season, I'll say this again, that team was not that bad. There were close games we could have won. There yeah. were close games we could have won. But regardless, by the time my senior year, we won the Super Bowl. So all of a sudden, all these kids come out with cowboy shirts and starter, jerseys. Starter jackets. And I'm just like, wait, what? Like, what's going? Like, where were you when I was getting teamed up in the, in the, my freshman year? You know, in 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 the cafeteria, where were you, huh? Are all of you Kyler Murray's? Is that who you are? <laughs> You're all bandwagoners that just jump like on the it. team I'm, when they when they win. Is that who you are? That's officially going to be an adjective going forward. Uh, you are a no, Kyler Murray. I have to put Keith in check. If if he started rooting for the Cowboys, then yeah, he's a bandwagoner. He might have hated Dallas and still. Alice. All right, you know, bro, but he doesn't have a team. What does that tell you? That he was rooting. He does. It's called Cardinals because he's a professional. No, see now you're going to no. See now you're making. You're just saying that he's a he's a pro player, but he never had a team. Because so basically, what Kyler Murray was doing was picking the winning team, and he's like, "That's my team. I'm Tom Brady this year. I'm Eli Manning this year. Blah blah blah. That's what he was doing. I'm Trent Dilfer." <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure I'm real sure that Kyler Murray one day said I'm Trent Dilfer. That that well he probably perfect. did. I, I am Trent Dilfer. I'm him, by the way. <laughs> Speculating here. Yeah. <laughs> you know it's funny. You bring up these catastrophic losses and the ones that really stick with you. I remember being on uh I'm in my living room with my dad and my grandma. My brother probably was there too. When we played the Texans in their first game ever. Oh, my God. You want to talk about a game that scars for life, dude. It's like Jerry Jones. How many times they shot to Jerry Jones and he's just in his booth just like, this is happening right now. This is happening. And I'm just losing my mind. And my, my father's like, ah, shut up. Your grandmother's here. <laughs> I'm just like crying. I'm just getting so dude, upset. I could up. not. We oh, lost. Go ahead, bro. We were ass, we were ass that game. Okay. But here's the thing with the Texans, okay? I could not believe we lost to a team, a franchise team. The first game they ever played. I know. And you know what pisses me off about that? Uh, David Carr, I think when he got drafted, even mentioned, said something like that. Like, I can't wait to beat the Cowboys or something. I'm sure. And he ended I'm up sure. doing it. And another thing that bothers me about that game and that season is <laughs> our defense was awesome. Was awesome. Our offense was led by Quincy Carter. Don't you big dare and diss on my boy Quincy Carter like that. But this I was Campos. This was Campos. This wasn't uh, – Parcells, head coach. I know. So I meant it was not. I meant. Remember how I, I, I brought up the Van Der Esch thing, where I'm mm -hmm. like, "Oh, our offense looks great in our defense, but we still have the same linebackers." I remember feeling that about the quarterback. 
Our defense looks great. We have great wide receivers. We have good running backs, but uh, Quincy Carter, we got the quarter, you know? I'm pretty sure Troy Hambrick was the running back at the time, if, if I'm not mistaken. Did that mm -hmm. that team? Oof, my God! Like, and you're right, the linebackers that defense. I think no, that was, it was still the, Emmett. It was still Emmett. It was still Emmett. Okay. Yeah. I mean, we had like Dat Win and then you know Dexter Coakley and guys like that. Yeah. Like that that team was that defense was was solid, and we just couldn't get it done that day. I mean, nope. and I, like I said, that game will forever stick with me. So that, it's just kind of crazy how like the losses. Mine do, is uh, yeah. my game that sticks with me is the 44 nothing Chicago Bears when we lost. In 1985. That was bad too, man. But we didn't get to see the whole game. They cut it off. Yeah. So, so basically, what? When you, Wait, you lived in Jersey, okay? When you live in Jersey, you got to deal with the Jets and the Giants. Yes, of course. And I'm pretty sure you can look this up because it's scarred in my mind <laughs> that the Jets were playing the Buccaneers and they had satellite problems. So they started the Dallas Cowboy game against the Bears, right? Okay. And uh, Danny White was driving us. Danny White was driving us. And I remember him hitting like Tony Dorsett on an out. Okay, like across the 50. I'm like, yeah. And then they cut to the Jets and Bucks. I'm like, damn it. <laughs> so they did NFL updates and it was like 7 nothing, 10 nothing, 17 nothing, 20 and then went all the way to 44. And that night I told Brett, we know this. We went to the circus that night in Jersey at the Meadowlands, right? The Ringling so Brothers. We, <laughs> it was the Ringling Brothers circus and I'm 10 years old and I remember walking through going and they, it was like they advertised as unicorn, right? Mhm. Mm it was like a, it was supposed to be a unicorn. So I'm like, all right, at least I get to see the unicorn tonight. You know, my 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 team lost, our team lost. I mean, I was devastated by that loss. And we're walking, and then we walk past this generic pony, okay? With literally, it's like, you know what you eat cotton candy out of? Like that kind of like thing on like pretty much scotch tape to its freaking forehead. And I'm that <laughs> bro, it was hard, it was hard. Horrible! It was Bro, the most my, generic unicorn, my, generic whatever I've ever seen in my life. My terrible. dad, my dad, my dad took me to the circus once, and he said I didn't make it past the cannon. Like they shot the cannon, I just started crying my eyes out. We had to leave. Little search, really quick. Yeah. We got to. There was a lot of talk that because Dallas was a good team. I mean, we we had. That's the last time we won the NFC East, and you know the Bears were. They were awesome, but there was a lot of people that said Dallas could possibly win this game and, yeah. and break the uh, undefeated. That was eighty. That was eighty-five. You said, yeah, yeah. It was years. All right, so you're saying, all right. So just to give myself a little history lesson, so eighty-five. You said they could have won that game and they were a good team. What happened in 86, 87, 88? You know what I mean? Oh, like they just fell off. Down. I mean, yeah. everybody got a player, Um, You know, you banned uh, the Danny Dorian White, which was bad. Herschel Walker came. Uh, you know, uh, Coach Landry benched uh, Danny White. I think Pelor was there. Hogaboom was what Keith just talked about. But the point was is that I really thought we were going to win. And well, I I had everybody in my school on Monday wear shirts that said 44 nothing. They wrote 44 nothing on T-shirts. Oh, my God. It was horrible. It was awful, man. That's, that was it bullying was before bullying. You know what I'm saying? So, like that. Was, you know what's funny is that – you know what's funny no, no, about no. that is there real bullying going on. <laughs> there was there was a guy there was a guy starch named Jimmy the Greek. You ever hear of Jimmy the Greek? Uh, that makes sense. Yeah. I've, I've, okay. He used familiar. to do predictions. He used to do NFL predictions. He was very 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 famous. Okay. Um. But anyways, regardless, he picked us to win on NFL Today, and I was just like, oh, it's happening. And Jimmy then the nobody, Greek and said then nobody it, ever saw Jimmy the Greek again. <laughs> 44 nothing, man. Jesus Christ. We've never been, been beaten wrong. Bad, ever. 
And you know what's crazy, bro? We got shut out in the playoffs too, twenty to nothing by the Rams that year. Was Dickerson was, running the rock? That was yeah. Randy. That was a white led defense with Ed Jones. It was the whole crew, man. Yeah. Wow. What a shut out twice that year. It's fun. So it's obviously Ed, we we. I think right, Keith. Eighty eight, eighty nine. Didn't Matt Jones retire in like 1989? He retired after uh, one and 15. So yeah. he was there for Jimmy's first year. He wow, set a record really? in our Redskin game, 13 to three for starts. When we beat and him on Sunday night, 13 to three. Not in the ring of honor. Isn't that insane? I cannot believe he's not in the ring of honor or yeah, Harvey that's Martin. Almost, that's that's... And for Charles Haley to be in there. Uh, makes absolutely no sense. No, like Brett says, my brother says, yes, Charles Haley is a Hall of Famer. We're not saying that. But he does not belong in the ring of honor for four years, four seasons on the Cowboys. Well, you got people like Ed Tutal Jones and Harvey Martin who had 14 dominant seasons. Is like, does like, did Ed Tutal Jones like threaten Jerry Jones's life or something? Like, what? It's, what not, a, it's not a Jerry guy, man. They're Landry guys. That's why. That's what he, you know, that's what they said he does. And look how long it took Bob Hayes to get in and Drew Pearson. But they're in. But it took him forever, though. That's what I mean. Drew Pearson shouldn't have. Been in the, uh, uh, it shouldn't have taken that long to get in the Ring of Honor or Bob Hayes. It shouldn't have. Or Tex yeah. Scram. It's just that that he wanted, you know, he wants to put the guys because Charles Haley's his guy, I guess. That was his oh, yeah, his was trade his or whatever he did. Yeah. So, but Charles Haley is probably the only one in the Ring of Honor who only played like what four or five seasons with us. Yeah, probably. And like he's not, he doesn't years. identify as a cowboy, he identifies as a 49er and a cowboy. Yeah. We're not the Lions, and, dude. We don't need that. We got true cowboys that need to go up in the ring of honor. But I will I will say it in, in his era, other than Tony Romo, really, um, I don't see anybody else. He's gonna have to go digging in the crates. He's gonna have to take the Ed Jones and and the uh well, no, there's yeah, a lot Marcus Ware, bro. Marcus Ware. That's Jason a good Winter. question. Okay, yeah, those that's what I was gonna say. We Jason got Jason Winton right? Ware, who else? Uh so Witten Ware and Romo would probably be the next three in line to get into the Ring of Honor if he decides not to go old school like like he should. But he's gonna if he had to take a new age cowboy to honor, you know, it would probably be those three guys. Yeah, I mean, that, that's a that's definitely a question for another day because I think that's a really good debatable topic. Yeah, we have to think about that. Which yeah. cowboys are in line to get into the ring of honor? Like you can almost assume that, you know. I mean, you really can't assume anything. Even even your dog disagrees, you know? Oh, <laughs> I got one. What about Tyron Smith? Tyron Smith can get in there. I think he can. I mean, like him, Zach Martin, I believe both of those guys, when it's all said and done, give it a couple years. I wouldn't say, like, you know, maybe right. within the next, like, 15 years or something. Okay, I pose this question again to Cowboy fans and NFL but, fans. Wait, Hold on, on, bro. Here's a on. All right, right. Eric Williams. Does Eric Williams go in before Tyron Smith and uh, Zach Martin? No. No. Okay. This is why I bring this up, okay? Is Dallas Cowboy fans and NFL fans, okay? If, which pretty much is Dallas Cowboy fans are listening to this, but if Emmett Smith, if the reason, the only reason he was the greatest running back of all time was because of an offensive line, how come... There's only one offensive lineman from there in the Ring of Honor and in the Hall of Fame. So you got Fair we got to decide. So if there are any Dallas Cowboy people out there, ah. fans, <laughs> if there are any <laughs> Dallas Cowboy fans out there that think that oh Barry Sanders is better than Emmett Smith, 
answer that question for me then, please, because I'd like I to hear like, that. Well, how about I like that? Let me let me do one more for you. Jim Brown, three of his offensive linemen are in the Hall of Fame. So does that negate Jim Brown? Because he had the Emmett greatest offensive line, right? And Emmett is the only one people do this with. Now, in my opinion, is he the best running back I've ever seen? No, I, I think Walter Payton is, but Emmett still doesn't get his. He he's the NFL's all-time leading rusher, and he's still underrated, which is insane to me. Curious to know how many, uh, if any, any uh, Chicago Bears offensive linemen from Walter Payton's there in the Hall of Fame. I, I wouldn't yeah, know, but I think the curious. Bears actually lead the Hall of Fame with members. I think maybe I don't know. Well, yeah, because they've, about... they've been since the 30s or whatever it was 20. Yeah. yeah, oh yeah, they've been around uh, for a long time. They, they little starch. I'll answer that question for you. Uh, none of them should be. That was all Walter Payton. Much like a Barry Sanders type, or kind of making your own holes, really, because you have to like no. dance a bunch. Different, and I'll tell you why it's different. The uh, the 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 Lions ran a run and shoot offense, so it, it isn't a design hole. There's like a couple of options. That's why he was perfect for that type of offense. Like, don't forget, Barry Sanders will make a a, a three yard run look amazing, right? right. And Emmett would make a a, a twenty five year old a twenty five yard run look easy. Correct. Because but they don't understand the skill and finding a hole and hitting a hole is what he did best. I mean, it's he's he was the state of Florida's all-time leading rusher and he's the greatest running back of all time. I, I mean, I rest my greatest. case with Emmett is the greatest running back of all time. I rest my case with Emmett Smith well, when it comes to uh, you no. know running the ball uh, with one shoulder. That's uh, <laughs> that's I'm sorry, nobody else has ever done that before. Yeah, so, but, but it just bro, if you I mean, that's the thing. Like people are like, oh, you if you watch highlights, look at that hole. Yeah, end. I mean, you look at the shaking he's doing. The the there's other there's eleven players on the field, people, and there are plenty. There are plenty of runs where the offensive line were not blocking. So Very you true. want to pick out a few that they are good for you. I I agree. That, uh, you know, and also the amount of uh, blocks. I mean, amount of uh, uh, people he ran over. But again. There is never in my lifetime have I seen a player as good as Walter Payton overall of any NFL player of all the way around. Okay. I mean, he will outrun you. He'd run you over. He'd make you miss. He had breakaway speed. He would make one-handed catches across the middle. And on top of that, he could sit in the pocket and throw a ball 40 yards on a rope. That's I mean, true. They had, him play, they had him play quarterback. Oh, and by the way, he was also one of the best blockers in NFL history. I have never seen a more all-around perfect football player than Walter Payton, rest his soul. And Emmett Smith would agree on that as well, and not just out of being an idol. You know, again, you look at the accomplishments and the awards, it's got to go to Emmett. But when you're looking at the type of player, and again, I don't want to get into it, but, you know, there's plenty of players that have a lot of awards that are not the best I've ever seen play at their position. You know yeah, who else no. threw some touchdowns for the Cowboys? Drew Pearson. Yeah, Drew. Yeah. Yeah. He's so uh, he... so uh, you do understand as, as Jersey Boys podcast listeners uh, that the, the lineage and, and the knowledge runs deep and, and very, very long and old. And uh, we've been around for a while. We've sat through a lot of stuff. Not as much as Kyler Murray has, but we've seen some good things. We've seen some bad things, but this is exactly why. You know, it, when it comes to the fans, fan, you know, there's not going to be a better podcast out there than the Jersey Boys podcast. And, and, I will, I will put us up against anybody. I, I'm going to say this too, okay? As a good brother and as a good friend, 
if I see my brother walking into a glass door, I'm going to tell him, right? If you come to me and said, hey, Brett, I need your advice on something. I got to be honest with you because that's what real friends and family do. It's the same thing as a fan. I'm not just going to blatantly, blindly be a cat, which is what annoys me about all sports fans, especially a lot of Cowboys fans that just every year, oh, yeah, well, it's not. being loyal isn't lying to your team and saying good job when you have the 30th ranked defense in the NFL and you went 8-8 eight, eight, and, and you couldn't even finish 500, okay? That's not a good fan. It's not a good fan. So just know that. This, this Very is all good. honest as it comes as a fan. I'm, I love this team. I support this team. But I, you'll be, I'm not going to lie to this team. And they, and they, if they even listen to this, you got to gut check yourself and your pride's got to come in and you got to sit there and go, this is what I, this is my lineage. This is what I'm leaving on the field. It's like every time I, like right now, I got a show in about 10 minutes. I got to get off of here and get in the shower. I don't care. I've been traveling all day. I'm going a hundred percent because my pride won't allow me to. I'm not going to cut it short. I'm not going to do anything less than the best job I could do. And that is uh, uh, because I was raised by that World War II generation. Thank God those were my grandparents. These young kids got to start doing that. Get Gut check yourself. You can't, can't be proud of, of a mediocre job because you're making seven figures. I like it. I like it a lot. And with that, 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 that is the way you close it. But I think, Keith, you got something else? Sorry. I, I, them, yeah. No, I want to say, I, I, I thought he was in longest yard, but he wasn't. Um, but I want to say uh, rest in peace to Ned Beatty, man. He passed away today. But he wasn't in the longest yards of football movie, by the way. Oh, I Ned know Beatty? what the longest yard is. I know. <laughs> Jesus Christ. I'm talking about the one from – I'm talking about Burt Reynolds one. Not yeah, not Adam one. Sandler. I well, Adam Sandler's giving the, the ref wet willies. I'm talking about <laughs> Burt Reynolds who, you know, the ends real, up banging the, the – he bangs the, warden's, uh, bangs the warden's secretary <laughs> for a prank. <laughs> And, and and Adam Sandler's giving wet willies to the rest. Oh, yeah, my it's a God. Different. Things have definitely changed. But what's up, Ned Brett? Ned from the original. What's Say that, what? bro? Ned Beatty was in the original Superman as well. Yeah, he was in – but he's not in Longest Yard. I just – that's what I was looking up because I saw he popped up and passed away. But Oh, well, rest in peace. But – um, Yeah. With that, with that, we should. I mean, look, Brett, a very powerful speech, and that kind of speaks for all three of us. You know, we're we're not going to sit. Well, maybe me sometimes, or maybe these guys pick on me a, couple, a little bit because of the fact that I'm just a little, little too much optimism. But it, it, we're all we're all due. We're due as fans. We we've sat through enough. Can this be the year? Will this be the year? We'll talk about it as this season. Well, I have one question. Do you think Do you think Kyler Murray is a Tampa Bay Buccaneer fan? Because <laughs> they won the Super Bowl this year? Absolutely. Because that's pretty much what he does. Running around he loves it. Yeah. He's got a Tom Brady jersey on right now as we speak. Follower. Follower. That's Kyler Murray. Kyler Murray grew up a fan of a player and not a team. You want to bet? Like he was a Michael Vick fan. Because I hear that a lot from 20-somethings. All right. Nah, well, I'll have to look that up. I'll have to look that up. So with that being said, for Dave Sturcio, Keith Ernst, Brett Ernst, this has been another episode of the Jersey Boys podcast on the Blogging the Boys podcast network powered by SB Nation. And we'll see you guys next week.